hey, this is a great show, and it's all about fitness and the fitness industry. And we're talking to the CEO. I mean, this is a guy who has warm milk with honey to fall asleep around 9 p.m., never checks his phone after 8 p.m. He gets up every morning at 4.35 and goes to exercise and has the same thing for lunch almost every day. You'd think that's almost kind of boring, but it's not. It's exciting and it's fun. And I love talking to this guy. I'm talking about Ben Midgley. He's the chief executive officer and founding partner of Crunch Franchise. Now, you've seen Crunch. there everywhere. They're growing. I'm telling you, I'm going to give you some of the stats. Starting in 2010, he led the creation and development of the company, driving the fastest launch of any full-size franchise in history of the fitness industry. Now, previously, he was the president and executive vice president of Planet Fitness, and we talk about that in the show. So it's kind of cool to see his perspective of working for a former competitor, but they had some involvement with him. That's where he oversaw all aspects of franchise sales and development and proved sales of franchise units by big, huge numbers and by big network volume. And then he was the senior director of corporate sales at 24-Hour Fitness. And then additionally, he is the co-author of the customer service and sales management book called Golden Circle Secrets. And we're going to have some real fun. So welcome, Ben Midgley. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. So what do you attribute to the growth of the fitness industry? Because everywhere I go, everyone's running commercials on it. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's trying to get somebody into a gym. So what do you attribute that to? Yeah, there's a lot of things driving it. And, and it depends if you talk about the growth of the fitness industry really in overall time or if you're talking really sort of recent trends the last five, 10 years. I can give you. I think, I think both would be interesting yeah. to know. All right. I give you probably five or six on the last 10 years that have really been driving it. One is health insurance. If you mm-hmm. notice, uh, every health insurance company now has some sort of plan that is trying to get people to take a more uh, active role in managing their health because yeah. healthier people cost less to insure, right? So if they can spend a little bit of money on getting somebody active and save them a lot of money on the expense side, and of course, it's, you know, anybody who takes care of the health, you can get, you know, a lot more out of your life, more years from your life, more life from your years. And more and more energy, more concentration, more everything, quite Absolutely. frankly. Absolutely. So yeah. health insurance uh, promoting it's a big deal. Wearables as of late have been a big driver for people. Oh, sure. You know, sure. like uh, people are getting Steps. a lot more feedback. Yeah. Blood pressure. My mom's 70. Well, she actually just turned 80. And she never exercised in, in her generation. But once we got the Fitbit going, and she always seems to forget how to charge it. But once she gets it going... She is really involved in it now. She's tracking it and she's out and she's doing activity on her own because of the feedback. And I couldn't get her to work out for, you know, for 30 years. So that's great. I bet you, Ben, she calls you when that Fitbit isn't running and you'll be in the middle, be in the middle of a meeting with a big, you're you're closing a big group of franchises or something, something big. And your mom calls you. I'll guarantee it. Almost to the T. Every time she calls up and says it's broken, it's just, you got to put the little, you know, the little contact in there a little bit better. I think it's just a reason to come over and see her at this point. Uh, You know what? I love that too. I I used to call my mom on FaceTime and all I could ever see was the top of her head. I could never see it. I would never see. Yeah. Is this on? (laughs) I can't see it. It was like, that's hilarious. All right. What's another couple of them? 
streaming videos, you know, where people can exercise. And there's a lot of variations oh, yeah. to that, you know, sure. in their home where they can work out on the road, just you know, really quick and convenient bursts, whether that's on something like, you know, the interactive equipment with Peloton or Echelon or this thing, Mirror, that's out there or um, yep. a streaming service. We stream uh, something called Crunch Live. You've got Beachbody. There's, there's dozens of them. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the kids nowadays, they'll just uh, stream uh, some exercise information onto their phone. They'll even bring it to the gym. They'll put it up on the wall or put it on their bench and they'll learn their exercises through that. So that's been driving a lot of people into it. In terms of the health club space, you know, where, where we sit, the growth in high value, low price health clubs, as well as boutique clubs, uh, the smaller cross-functional exercise classes, those have been exploding. Thousands of those have come up over the last few years. And for our space, high value, low price, which is really a full-size health club, but very inexpensive, 10 and $20 a month, that's the fastest growing you know, large segment in the industry for the last 10 years now. So that's really driving a lot of people in there. And then the, the final thing really is all these outdoor races, Tough Mudders and Spartans and things like that yeah. are getting a lot of people into this camaraderie effect of going out and training and training and then going and, and ideally doing well in a race. But a lot of headwinds pushing people more and more into fitness. Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. I totally forgot. It's a really important one. All the trends of the, the food manufacturers, right? Uh, more yeah. organic, more natural ingredients. It's, it's yep. everywhere. You got to get rid of high fructose corn syrup or whatever. All those things are causing people just to be more conscious about what they're doing and looking for more venues to try to get healthier, whether it's extreme sports, average activity, or just you know going for a walk. Yeah. What's your routine? Like physical routine? Yeah, yeah. What's yours? I'm kind of yeah. curious. You know, I got to tell you, I interviewed the CEO of CrossFit. And when I first saw him, I'm going, he is not a poster child for yeah, CrossFit. He didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, At all. You know, yeah. he, was, he wasn't walking the talk. But, I mean, I'm looking at your own videos. Yeah. We're talking. You walk the talk. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'm, I'm up between 4.30 and 5 in the morning just to – and then I've got a basement actually in my gym. Yeah. Because you know, it's the quickest way to do it. I have three kids. And so I'll wake up, just – grab some coffee, read the journal, and then head down the basement. And then I'm usually doing well, some type of weight training at least six days a week and then cardio seven days a week. Just because, honestly, I just turned 50 and I'm always working around some kind of injury, whether it's a knee or a shoulder or a back or just everything sore in general. But, you know, if you don't do cardio every day now, you have a couple slices of pizza and you're wearing it two days later. It just <laughs> Here it goes up, it goes down. one way or another. So <laughs> I just, it's kind of out of just necessity. Helps keep you leveled out, you know. Yeah. Helps keep you, you you manage. Helps you manage stress better. Helps you keep focused a little more effectively. Were you an athlete growing up? I was more just with uh, you know basketball, baseball types of things. Not mm-hmm. not too much. And then um, you know when I was I'd say a sophomore, I kind of got out of competitive exercise and I got into partying. You know yeah. what I mean? Which was not. Oh, yeah. Not the best move, but it was what I did in high school. And then I ran with that for a few years. And then I, I actually decided to jump into the fitness industry. I still remember the moment to this day. I think everybody's got some key moment that they remember. But instead of going to college, I went to work at a ski resort in Vermont called Sugarbush. And oh, yeah. uh, I looked at myself in the mirror one night and I had hair down, you know, a big mullet dumb yeah. past my shoulders. And I was about 160 pounds. I'm, I'm almost 6'3". I actually smoked cigarettes at that time. I did that for a couple of years in high school. I just said, you look horrible to myself. Yeah. I was like, you look terrible. So quit smoking that day, started running in the all conditions of weather up and down the mountains, carrying one of those. Remember when they used to have portable CD players? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. or Walkmans or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I used to put yeah. a big CD player on my side when I'd go running and try to change the CDs and the weather and stuff, and just sort of evolved. Playing that Rocky music, Eye of the Tiger. Probably. I got those CDs. <laughs> I got those. And then you, just probably, you, still, you still have the CD player. That'd be more impressive. I don't have that anymore, but I do yeah. have the CD. But that yeah. was it. You know, and this kind of exercising evolved to, yeah. you know, maybe it'd be fun to work there. And then yeah. started cleaning machines in exchange for a membership years and years ago because I actually never graduated college. I tried a few things yeah. and uh, just learned this particular industry all the way up. I'm one of those from the bottom guys, you know, just picked up whatever I could from the people who, you know, essentially mentored me and were above me in those roles. Uh, as, as I, I got to tell you, I love hearing the story of you start out cleaning the machines, you know, and, and doing that. It's, it's an interesting piece. You've spent a good part of your career over at 24 hour fitness, right? And then you yeah. came with some others and you guys founded Crunch Fitness. What made you decide to start your own? Well, Crunch, well, interesting, the guys from 24, mostly uh, Mark Mastroff, Jim Rowley, I've worked with them for 20 years. Those guys are, mm-hmm. they're big time in the industry, giants in the industry. And I, I was lucky enough to work with them for 10 years out in California. And then I'm from Maine, my wife's from Maine. So the only way for me, and we had had a couple of kids in California, but our family was back here. So we were only, the kids were only seeing their grandparents twice a year. So we moved back home and I took a job with the, really the only fitness company that was near Maine, which was Planet Fitness at the time, which is a very large oh, franchise. Yeah. They're our number one competitor now, actually. And I took the job as president at that company, stayed there for a few years, really grew that company very, very quickly, got us home. And then when the guys from 24 were talking about, Mark and Jim, left 24, they bought into Crunch, which had actually been a brand for about 21 years. It was just a corporately owned company, though. They only owned about 30 clubs. And they bought into that with a company called Angelo Gordon. And then you know, I was leaving Planet Fitness, and they asked if I'd be interested in starting a franchise company with them. So that sounded great. Obviously, I've got a lot of experience with those guys. And we jumped into that, that space that Planet Fitness was already in. They already had 500 clubs at that time. There was a couple of the people playing around with trying to sell $10 and $20 memberships, but they were basically doing the same thing that Planet was, so that there was no real innovation there. So we came in and we kind of followed the path of you got to give people more for the same price, right? Crunch is a really great brand. It's, it's got a cool factor. It's been around for a long time in the industry. So we kind of fixed it up, gave the consumers a lot more for the money, and then started selling the franchises, and then, then it took off. We've got like 1,200 franchises sold right now. So Oh, that's great. I know what quick. that's like to have to do that. Hey, let's take a quick break and come right back, okay? Okay. C-Suite Radio. You mentioned Planet Fitness. I have to bring this out. You're not going to do that gaudy purple branding that you're, they're doing, are oh, you? Oh, no. I'll send you some pictures of the clubs. They're, they're cool looking. No, uh, you know, I've been in a couple of years, oh. but the, I, I saw the stuff. They're doing everything in purple. I'm going, are you kidding me? I don't yeah, know. Who, who, that's a pretty... And I'll say this, I'll, I don't really criticize companies very often on the show, but that's not the smartest branding move, in my opinion. Everything is perfect. Well, you want to hear something funny about that. If you went online and you Google Crunch Fitness, the very first Crunch logo is a purple and yellow fist, purple and yellow. Uh, and the, the logo or our philosophy is no judgments. Planet's tagline is the judgment-free zone. Yeah. So they swiped that from Crunch. Yeah. The founder did in 1997. And that's how they got their purple, yellow, and their judgment-free zone. It's from Crunch, no judgment. So yeah. now that we're coming back into it, it's kind of ironic because now we're, you know, we're head-to-head. They're bigger than us, but we're definitely their number one competition. So when you look at competition, I, I, I want to ask you this question, and you mentioned them as competitors. 
and I'm, there's lots more. There's independent gyms. There's, you oh, know, sure. as I mentioned, yeah. CrossFit, but how many, so many. Do you view them as the competition or is apathy the fact that we don't get off our asses and get in the gym more of the competition, which is well, which is worse? It's, it's two things. To your point, they're just one of the competitors. We probably mm-hmm. got, you know, 10 or 15 primary competitors that we pay attention to from an, yeah. an actual competition standpoint. The other point really is more activation, right? There's, there's about 20% of the population right now in the U.S. that has some sort of membership in a health club. So if we could get 30, if we get 25, 26, 30% population involved in this, then the numbers for the industry go, go through the roof. But the fitness industry has been growing at a rate of 2 to 3%, I'm sorry, 3 to 4% every year for the last 10 years, which is great growth compared to some other industries. And it's really projected to keep going at that same pace based on some of the things we talked about in the, in the beginning. Do you consider yourself more in the fitness business or more in the franchise business? It's, it's both, right? Yep. I mean, franchising is you're attracting entrepreneurs. You're attracting people mm-hmm. who want to be their own boss, but they want their own system. So, so obviously, we have to respect that and focus on that because you get into franchising, I think, originally to make money. Right. Mm-hmm. And you also want to pair that though with a passion of yours. Or so lifestyle. Get, yeah, yeah lifestyle. exactly. So we yeah. so we get a lot of that, probably not different than any other franchise, but then uh, we certainly are a fitness company. We're consumed with it all day long. How do we keep members energized? How do we keep them engaged? Because the first of the year everybody's doing New Year's resolutions and you, everybody says you gotta go twenty one days, do something twenty one times or something like that to make it a habit. How do you keep them engaged so that you keep them coming back and keep paying the dues? Yeah, so that's the biggest trick of the industry, really the the whole industry. So at least for crunch, our focus is well, a couple of things that we focus on, and, and a lot of other health clubs will focus on some similar things, but maybe not all. Uh, one is uh, fun. Now you tr- we yeah. try to make exercise as fun as possible because to your point, a lot of people start in January. They they've got a lot of good goals and ambitions, and all of a sudden they're really sore after working out a lot, and then you know yeah. there's another reason maybe oh I don't want to go today. I'm not feeling so good, or I'm tired. So you got to keep them excited to come back to the gym through the, the classes. We have group fitness classes that Crunch is really, really the only company in the industry that creates our own proprietary group fitness classes. We've been doing it for 30 years. Most people will uh, license their programming from other organizations that provide group fitness content. So when, when, you say, when you say group, what do you mean by that? So you're in a, you know, you're in a large room, 2,500 to 3,000 square feet. You got 30 yeah. to 50 people, instructor in the front, loud music, you know, uh, a lot of accessories. People are, are having fun. Yeah. We also do uh, functional training, which is really big, kind of to your point, to CrossFit. But we have mm-hmm. about 100 feet of turf in our clubs. We have proprietary custom-designed functional equipment that has monkey bars and anvils and TRX yeah. bands and punching bags. Yeah. So there's a series of exercises built around or modalities built around you, all and of You have a lot more of that, though. Could I've been in your gyms before. You have a lot more of that than I would say that the other guys do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah as, as opposed to as yeah. opposed to going to a CrossFit place, which yeah. looks like something your grandfather does in the barn. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's sure. got it's like true. a leather ball, a tire, you know, yeah, a file box or something. No, we're yeah, pretty, yeah. we're pretty dialed on that. And Crunch is the yeah. only company in the U.S. where all of our functional training is uh, nationally accredited by the National Academy of Sports Medicine. So the instructors wow. get continuing education credits, you know, so we're just trying to do it right and really, really tight the whole way through. On top of that, big variety of equipment. Uh, you've also got spinning. You've got, you know, child care. You've got all these other things to kind of keep people engaged in the classes. And then uh, you've got a lot of technology coming in now. We just yeah. started a new rewards program with Apple and 
We've got a very integrated app so people can learn exercises on the app. Like I said, we stream our exercise classes to all members too who join. You know, the mid-level membership or above. So if you're not working out at, at the club, you can do a crunch exercise class at home. You know, so it doesn't really yeah. matter to us as long as you're engaged. Right. And uh, constant communication with the members after enrollment. So it's it's uh, you're trying to keep that retention down and keep them engaged. I think there's a little bit of a myth out there. Some people say like health clubs want people to join and never go to the gym because you you, you know you keep paying your dues and then you don't exercise. But over time, no, but you, that's you, you a losing proposition. Exactly. Yeah, you'll lose them. You'll lose them, and then your cost of your kager, your cost of acquisition becomes a lot higher. That's not good. You exactly. don't want that. Yeah, yeah, so you do what you can. You try to communicate. Look, if you've got millions of members, sometimes it becomes difficult. But mm-hmm. uh, and then you got the basics, right? You've got to have really happy team members. You got to have well-trained staff. They've got to have good customer service. You've got to have clean clubs. You got all those fundamental things you have to do too, because anything like that could turn someone off from coming back for that for that next workout. We want to we want to keep getting back in. Hey Ben, what's your dashboard look like on what you're measuring? I, I assume you're measuring. The franchisees coming up, I would think you've got something that you're doing about the number of people, you know, in the gyms themselves, uh, engagement. I would think it a utilization rate of something, wouldn't you? Like how many times the person's coming in or engaged or checking in? What what do you have on your dashboard? I'm kind of curious. Well, it depends. There's two there's two separate sets of dashboards, right? You have right. dashboard metrics for the franchise company itself, right? Where you're looking at franchisees that that sold franchises to the development schedules, when the clubs are opening, when the equipment's being installed, how many workouts you're getting per day from the members and and so on and so forth. Then you roll into the club particular stat sheet. So every morning, the first thing I do, we've got about 330, 340 clubs right now. I check the sales of every single club in every single category. So that's all the new memberships, all the cancellations, all the upgrades, downgrades, cash in, personal training sales, total revenue, monthly billing, annual fees, attrition, workouts per day, total members. So you keep an eye on that. And then even though that seems like a lot of units, and obviously we're not as big as larger companies, right? But Mm -hmm. once you get a a pattern of going through and checking these stats every day, you can really quickly go through the clubs and see if anything is sticking out that is either you know, extremely high or extremely low. And then you yeah, focus, a red flag. Yeah, a red and then flag you focus on those uh, yeah. with your team to see what's what's going on. Yeah. We track virtually everything. Like probably like any other company, we track way more things than we probably need to track. What's the biggest driver for you right now? In terms of the day-to-day? Yeah, sure. In terms of you know, what you're thinking about. I've been in the industry for almost 30 years now. You know, yeah. it's pretty much all I've ever done from a career standpoint, except for working in a deli in high school, right? It's always been the fitness industry. So I've been really, really fortunate with that. So part of it's just the, the industry is great. It's low stress. You've only got to put a suit on three or four times a year. And, and the rest of the time, you're focused on making sure the franchisees are engaged in a, uh, a profitable, successful business. And what they're doing is they're helping people live healthier lifestyles, yeah. right? They're helping people get rid of stress at the club. So there's really not a lot wrong with it. You're around people that are pretty positive all day long, whether you're in the office here or you're at the club. So there's, there's not a lot of things not to like about coming to work in the fitness industry. So for me, look, it's been a passion for my whole life. I enjoy it personally. I enjoy the mission that we're on here. You know, we were just recently acquired by uh, TPG Growth, which is a fantastic huge private, company. Yeah, private yep. equity firm. So, you know, we're going to grow this company as fast as we can over the next few years. We've got a revived energy. Not that we were low on energy, but we really stepped it up to another level. Yeah, it kicks you in the butt. It's like a, having a personal fitness coach that says, okay, that was good. Now run another lap. Yeah, so so we're off to the races now, and everybody's everybody's pretty charged up, and 
Good company. I know a, n- a number of the partners there uh, worked with them before at different uh, Last one I was involved with was ExoJet uh, with them. So that was a long time oh. ago. Yeah, a number of years, but uh, good, good, good operation. Can you talk about the crunch method? The crunch method. Yeah. yeah. Somebody mentioned that to me, and I, I, I don't know much about that. Well, I mean, the acronym is not really something, honestly, I'm familiar with. You yeah. know, I mean, the, the crunch philosophy is really where it all starts, which is no judgments, right? I mean, yep. that, that's where the company was founded. It was started by a guy named Doug Levine back in, uh, oh gosh, what was it, in the late late 80s, I think, or, you know, some of it's, mm-hmm. it's, we're 30 years out now, so I'd say yeah. 1990. And it was all about being a little bit different, you know, letting yeah. anybody come and do whatever it is that they want to do, as long as they're all sort of focused on reaching their fitness goals and, and having a good time. And that's honestly what drives the company. She's that's, 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 I mean, that's the most politically correct thing I've seen in a long time. And well, that's 30 years old, right? I didn't make it up. Yeah, it was, yeah. You know, I mean, it was just, <laughs> that's the way the company is, right? Yeah. So everything we do falls back on that core philosophy. And uh, I got to be honest, it feels good working for a company like that, right? Yeah, it's good to have values. Absolutely. And uh, uh, you're right. I mean, let's not get into a political conversation, but it seems like, you know, just treating people with respect nowadays is, is getting harder and harder to do. God, I don't know. I like I like a political discussion. That gets the yeah. ratings up. That gets the ratings <laughs> up. You know, I was sitting there watching that the, the, we're filming this. And of course, you guys always know when we when we're taping these things, it's different time things. But I spent last night watching two hours of this State of the Union. Yep. Yeah. We need some. And by the way, we he could use time in your gym. I think he could use time. Everybody, everybody can, right? Yeah. He, hey, well said, Ben. Well said. I like it. Very diplomatic. Like it. You know, a lot of people have been been predicting that we're going to have a recession. Do you is is your business recession proof? I think yes, it is. And and one yeah. of the reasons I say that is uh, I was actually at Planet Fitness back in the day when oh seven oh eight, and it was pretty bad back then. And the sales in the it was club, no, it was really bad. <laughs> sales in the clubs went up because we're only charging ten dollars a month and twenty dollars a month. So everybody who's yeah. paying thirty, forty, fifty, sixty dollars a month, it's they, cutting. They trade down. And then yeah. for the franchise side of it, you know, if people are losing their jobs and finance or insurance or whatever industries that's retracting at that point in time, they need to continue working. They will then make the leap into entrepreneurship. So they jump into a franchise and franchise sales go up. Yeah. So uh, at least the last time we went through this, it was it was good. And uh, I would expect if it happens again, it's going to be similar. And then, you know, another industry that does really well, which is kind of funny, it's on the opposite side of the spectrum, but it's it involves stress relief is alcohol sales. Alcohol sales do just fine during a recession, right? So people yeah, are yeah. they're choosing one thing or another to help them kind of cope the stress out. Exactly. Yeah, well, I like to do both. So there you go. Same here. Yeah, yeah. Same, that's good. Nothing wrong with that. You know, the other thing, we've got a couple more minutes left here, but I want to make sure I touch on your rapid sales and growth. I mean, you've, you did a really, you've done a really good job. You've improved sales of the franchise unit by like 150% of the total network volume and accelerated the club openings like by 70%. You know, how do you do that? Well, I think the, the way we approach selling is, uh, I think, a little bit different than other people. We're always focused on the relationship. We're always focused on the long term. And you want people to feel when they're in the sales process that you know they're treated as well as they're going to be treated once they're actually a franchisee with you, right? So if someone's out shopping for a franchise in our space, they're generally going to run into a franchise salesperson. They're going to go through a pretty methodical process. Then they're going to go to another one. They're going to have the same sort of thing. They go to another one. They have the same sort of thing. And I don't want to give away the secret sauce, but here 
We're going to talk to them about every aspect of the business, first of all, not just why you're getting into it, but what's your exit strategy? How, you know, yeah. it's going to go down to your kids. Where are you going to go with that? Help them really think about that. Do you understand how people self fitness franchises and what multiples they get? And then mm-hmm. we're going to have them talk to somebody in operations and somebody in real estate and somebody in finance and somebody in construction. So they understand there's a lot of people surrounding them. And if for some reason, maybe the sales guy doesn't have a nice balance with them, they're going to connect with somebody in the business, right? And then everybody in here communicates really well. And we do our best to try to make sure we're meeting the needs of everybody that comes in, whether as a prospect or as a, as a franchisee. That sort of approach, I think, makes people kind of see you on a, a genuine level, if yeah. that makes sense, right? We want to come across as genuine and and just real. And uh, I think that gets us a lot of credit because when you, when and if you run into a challenge with a franchisee, it's very easy to work through it as long as you're, yeah. you're, you're trying to shoot straight down the middle, fair. And then that's, that's been one of the keys for us. Be fair, be transparent as well. You know, yeah. I think that's always the key with being in the franchise. I tell people all the time, they, they said, Jeff, you think I should I buy a franchise or start my own business? I said, man, if you find a franchise you really like, a business that you like, and there's a franchise, get in it because it's a lot easier to get going. Because if you stick to the system, if you follow what Ben and his team and all the ones have, and they got a manual for all this, they got training for it. They've done this over and over and over. You heard, he said, well over a thousand locations. Yeah, you can, you're probably going to be successful. But it's when you don't follow that, that you usually get your butt in a ringer. I'll tell you that. Look, that's yeah. the balance in franchising, right? Well, I mean, you, yeah. you put the model out there, but it's you still got to work. Yeah. You, know? you still got to train your employees. You still got to market. Sell. You got to keep it clean. <laughs> you got to sell. Yeah. So we can't do it all for them. And we, we certainly don't ever pretend that we can. But, you know, we push people pretty hard. Look, this is a partnership. We're going to do our part. You got to do your part. If one of those things doesn't work, then we lessen your chances of success. So, you know, go into this with the right attitude and the right approach. Well, it's been a pleasure, Ben. I thank you so much. Good luck with Crunch, uh, the franchise itself and the business. Sounds like you guys are doing great. And I appreciate you being here right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Well, thank you, Jeff. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. You know, it, it was a reminder of the franchise business. I asked him who, who his real customer was. It was the franchisee or was it the end user customer that comes in and works out. And he said both. And I think, you know, that's right. He's got to keep one eye on one side and one eye on the other because they're selling franchises. He's got to service that group, but he's got to do it through the franchisee. So he's got to really have his eye on the ball about the customers so that he helped to educate and train. And I tell you, there's benefits of being a franchise. There's some downsides a little bit too. You, you know, you can't do as much as you like to do. You can't add your own. I remember one time some owners called me from Five Guys because Five Guys has a certain kind of sauce and the guys in Rochester were having a real tough time with it because it was the opposite name of a local sauce that they would put on. It was confusing to people and they were having huge, huge problems. And actually the five guys franchises called me as a marketing expert and said, hey, can you tell me a little bit more about Rochester? I said, oh, they're right. They're spot on. And they allowed them a little bit of a break. So you can't always get that in the franchise world. But you follow the system, you're going to make money. And that's what I, I learned. Follow the tried and true, what works, works, and just amp it up. All right. That's what you got to do. And they, you do that in the fitness business, boy, hey, you'll get healthy. Ah, that's another learning right there. Okay. Hey, don't forget to tell your friends about all business right here on C-Suite Radio. This is Jeffrey Hazel. Thanks so much for listening.
You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.